Bienvenidos and welcome to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. Tonight's program produced by Julieta Kuznir, Vanessa Bohm, Vilma V, and Nina Serrano salutes Latin America's Días Patrióticas and the celebration of independence from imperial Spanish rule. We'll hear Noticias Sin Fronteras, News from the Americas, a discussion about the Latino Film Festival, Cinemas, the National Peace Day Project called Peace Up, and the Chicano men's ritual group's Xochipilli's performance for the change of season, as well as an interview with the musical group Buye Pongo. We begin with the news. Buenas noches. This is Vilma V with Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending September 14th. Mexico. The resort town of Cabo San Lucas in Baja California is in recovery mode after being struck by a Category 3 hurricane over the weekend. Approximately 30,000 tourists were housed in emergency shelters and the Los Cabos International Airport was temporarily closed. Over 200,000 people lost electricity and many residents are still experiencing loss of phone service and a lack of potable water. Government officials reported that 135 people suffered minor injuries, but no deaths were attributed to the hurricane. Cabo San Lucas resident Alejandro Tealdi stated, quote, in the seven years I've been here, I've never seen anything hit like this, end quote. Chile. Last Thursday, on the 41st anniversary of the U.S.-backed coup that brought dictator Agosto Pinochet to power, the government of Chile, led by President Michel Bachelet, charged former army captain and member of Chile's parliament, Rosario Martinez, with the killing of three left-wing militants back in 1981. Mr. Martinez was stripped of his diplomatic immunity last June, which paved the way for his arrest in the Chilean city of Valdivia. Government spokesperson Álvaro Elizalde stated, quote, Chile needs more truth and more justice, so we never live the horror of dictatorship again, end quote. Argentina. Argentina's Congress has approved legislation to restructure the country's debt and sidestep a U.S. court ruling that recently pushed the government into its second default in 13 years. The lower house of Congress voted in favor of the bill last Thursday, and the measure had already passed the Senate. President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner formally enacted it, calling it a historic event. President Fernandez de Kirchner stated, Argentina wants to pay, can pay, and is going to pay all its debts to all bondholders, end quote. The new legislation allows creditors abroad to exchange their bonds for new ones and encourages investors to move their Argentinian debt from the U.S. to Argentina or France through a swap. Puerto Rico. According to the Department of Justice, late last month, 16 former Puerto Rican police officers pled guilty to multiple charges of robbery, extortion, drug dealing, civil rights violations, and obstruction of justice. The group includes two sergeants who also admitted to violating the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, also known as the RICO Law. Sentencing hearings for all the police officers are scheduled for later this year in December. Four years ago, in 2010, the FBI arrested over 85 law enforcement officers, and in 2012, the ACLU released a comprehensive report on Puerto Rico's domestic police force entitled Island of Impunity, Puerto Rico's Outlaw Police Force. The Puerto Rican police force motto is Protección y Integridad, Protection and Integrity. Cuba Roberto Morales Ojeda, 
Cuba's Minister of Public Health announced last Friday that Cuba will be sending 165 health workers to fight the deadly Ebola virus in West Africa. The first group of health workers are slated to arrive in Sierra Leone in October and includes doctors, nurses, epidemiologists and social mobilization officers. The Ebola epidemic has hit the countries of Liberia, Sierra Leone and Guinea with unprecedented force and is spreading to those living in Nigeria and Senegal. World Health Organization Director General Margaret Chan praised Cuba's commitment, stating, quote, Cuba is world famous for its ability to train outstanding doctors and nurses and for its generosity in helping fellow countries on the route to progress, end quote. This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item or feedback that you would like to give us, email us at Chronicles at kpfa.org. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. I have in the studio today Doran McGee, and he is heading up a really exciting project, exciting because it's about the thing we all want, the thing we all crave, world peace. So welcome, Doran McGee, to La Raza Chronicles. Thank you, Nina. Very honored to be here. Well, what is this Peace Up project about? Well, for me, it started about a year ago. No, actually a couple years ago, but I, I went public with it about a year ago. And basically, it's inverting the peace sign so that it stands upward instead of its common way that we know as everyone knows the peace sign is. I call it the down the downward position. I just I flipped it up. The easiest way to describe it is inversion, and it's called Peace Up. So your background is as a visual artist. So yeah. you approach politics from this very visual way. Exactly. As I was thinking about it this morning, I was thinking, that it's almost like a petition what I'm doing now. And instead of signatures, I'm getting pictures of people and that's their signature. So what I've been doing with this hashtag project called Peace Up World is getting photos from people all around the world with their arms in the air that represents the Peace Up sign. And if you actually look at the, the letter Y, that's exactly what it is inside of a circle, the Peace Up. So it matches the human body in its divine form. So people are sending me pictures with their arms raised, flashing the peace sign, and that is actually what Peace Up World is all about. So you were saying that you conceived of this kind of like a petition. In what way? With a petition, you send it to some powerful person who can then do something. How do you visualize this? Right now, it's a petition to the citizens of the world to show that people are behind this and that people want peace. So it's sort of like giving a face to to the peace movement by showing, as an example, everybody's representing themselves in these photos. So it, it's sort of like saying, yes, I agree, you know, I support peace. 
and I'm going to send you my picture as proof. And is this linked to the Universal Peace Day? It is. I'm actually doing a few things online for International Peace Day. That's September 21st. And I'm trying to collect as many pictures as possible for that day so that I can show it to more people around the world. And that's that's actually the goal is to reach as many people as possible. And how many pictures have you got? I've got about 100. And does it cover all the continents? I have some from Africa and the Middle East. I'm trying to get to India. I haven't got to India yet. But I got a lot of from Europe, uh, South America, Costa Rica, Hawaii, all over the States. Places I haven't Australia. got China yet. Um, I, have, I have a promise from Australia. So how can people... People send you their picture. If you would like to participate in this project and send me a picture, you can go to my website, which is www.thepeaceup.com, and you can email it to me there, or you can go to my Facebook page, which is Facebook uh, forward slash The Peace Up. So The Peace Up. The Peace Up, yeah. That's the, the, the key to both. There is a peaceup.com that exists, which is a great website as well that, that explains a lot what Peace Up stands for. And I'm not the only one doing it. There's actually more people around the world who also have seen the, the power in the Peace Up standing up. It has a lot of symbolisms in nature and in the golden ratio and in the virtuous man like da Vinci's virtuous man. There's so many similarities and ways of, of looking at peace up that resemble a tree growing tall or the flowers. It, it resembles growth. It's it's the it's a natural energy of the planet of moving up, of forwardness, of enlightenment. So it's a picture of yourself or yourselves with your arms raised, kind of like a victory. Yes, it is the victory stand. Actually, I call it the celebrated woe man pose. And it is, that is, the, it is the celebrated human stance with arms spread like victorious. That's and exactly why right. woe man? Well, I didn't want it to be celebrated man, you know, and that's the way I read it originally. You know, I want to include everybody, even though man is mostly understood as, you know, the human race. I just wanted it to be very clear that this is for everybody. And this is the woe man, celebrated woe man pose. So would you give us your contact information once again, please? Yes, thepeaceup.com and thepeaceup on Facebook as well. We at La Raza Chronicles will hurry to take our pictures with our arms raised to be part of the peaceup.com. Yes, please do. So thank you so much, Doran. Thank you, Nina. It was a real pleasure to be here with the you. The same. This is Nina Serrano, and I'm about to fill you in on the overview of the entire Cine Mas Latino Film Festival with Lucho Ramirez. Lucho, give us the lowdown. What are the dates and the places of all of these marvelous films? Yes, the San Francisco Latino Film Festival travels around the Bay Area, and we will be at several venues starting out on September 19th on opening night at the Brava Theater, and that uh, screen time is at 7.30 p.m. We go on to the Opera Plaza Cinema, also in San Francisco, with uh, most of our screenings taking place there on 
two screens from 1 p.m. right through 11 p.m. We will also be having uh, screening times on the same day, 20th and 21st of September, at Galeria de la Raza. So we overlap with the Opera Plaza screenings. And then during the week, starting from the 21st through the September 27th, we will also have screenings each night at Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts, also in San Francisco. So on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll have and Friday, we'll have screenings from at 7 p.m. Then all day on September 27th, we have additional screenings at the Red Poppy Art House on September 24th. We have some free community screenings uh, taking place at various locations, including the Brava Theater, Mission Cultural Center, the De Young Museum, and also at Opera Plaza. So uh, for those screenings, I encourage uh, visitors to go to our website to see the, the names of the films and the screening times, because we are at different locations. And then uh, we'll have screenings at Yerba Buena Center for the Arts on September 27th. Also on the same night at the Eastside Cultural Arts Center here in in Oakland. And uh, we're going to be closing the event off at uh, the Producers Loft, uh, which is a special space at 7.30 p.m. with one of our documentaries about Peruvian food. Well, that's an enormous undertaking. Lucho, I congratulate you. This is just tremendous. And if people want to write down and be able to order those tickets in advance because I know they fill up. They have to go to www.sflatinofilmfestival.org. That's sflatinofilmfestival.org. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias a ustedes. Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles, and we are very lucky to have in the house a Bay Area loved filmmaker who has been making moves around the world and really documenting some important movement work and beautiful art and culture, Eli Jacobs-Fantausi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. 
it is such a pleasure because really people know that it's going to be hot. It's going to be good music. It's going to make people move and it's going to make them think if you're involved. So we're lucky to have you here. We just heard some really wonderful music. Tell people what they just heard. That was Golpe Seco de Santiago de Cuba from Santiago. And it's the next generation of Cuban hip hop coming out of the island. And this, a lot of folks don't even know, is happening at all. And it's something that you know a lot about because you have spent a lot of time documenting Cuban hip-hop and Cuban art and culture, especially African roots. So can you give our listeners a breakdown of this beautiful series that you have been focusing a lot of time and energy around and stories that you're telling? Thank you. So my first film that I ever made is called Inventos Hip-Hop Cubano. And that was over a decade ago. And so I wanted to go back to the island and really see who's staying on the island, who's helping to grow this next generation of talent. And in this series at Cine Maiz at the Latino Film Festival, I'm showing the one we did about jazz with Julio Padron. I'm showing the one we did of Cuban hip hop with Iraq de Doble Filo. And you also get to see Cuban folklore with Jenny Set. So... I'm really excited to show that range and show the next generation of talent. So I got a chance to see some of these, Eli, and it is a huge, huge range. Like the one that you just mentioned, Jenny Seth is a dancer of Afro-Cuban folklore, and it's really beautiful scene where you get to see how she's talking to a younger generation. We're talking much younger generation. We're talking adorable children, which, yes. you know, so you can't beat that. <laughs> can't be seen really beautiful children dancing in a way with so much energy and passion and dedication. It's really beautiful. So that's a story of how history is being passed on and how people are preserving an important tradition. What are some of the other themes that people can pull from? Because that's an important theme. It's definitely an important theme. And just, you know, the legacy of Afro-Cuban culture is so strong in Cuba and, and we don't want to lose that and so to document that is very important also hip-hop coming out of the island of cuba is nothing like i've seen anywhere else is very unique and to document that to be able to show them the importance of what they do and show the rest of the world is is beautiful also the heritage and legacy of cuban jazz the music coming from cuba has influenced around the world and and has come back and influenced the jazz of cuba and so you get to see some of that with great legends and then new young teens talented teens that are now able to travel the world and and show what they do under the mentorship and guidance of these people like julio padron and so that is one of the underlining themes of these shorts as well is mentorship and how important that is in my career and i'm sure in your career as well having these people to open doors and kind of show us the way and so I want to spread that message around the world, too. It's like we've gotten to a certain place in our career. Now, how can we turn around and help pull up the next generation? That's the voice of Eli Jacobs-Fantausi. He's been doing big things for a long time. And these are some stories that he's pulled that otherwise would not be told around art and culture coming from Cuba. It's not the typical story because the truth is there are a lot of uh, cliches around Cuban art and culture and people don't know how diverse it truly is. And this series, Tengo Talento, is about the new generation of talent in Cuba, world-renowned artists that have taken to the streets to find talent in their field. And it's really about the range of jazz, hip-hop, rumba, a little bit of everything. So for folks that maybe have never even heard what rumba is and are sitting here scratching their heads thinking 
hip-hop in Cuba? They're getting a chance to see some of these shorts, which is really incredible. You can't see them just anywhere, which is something that people need to jump on. So what are they going to walk away with understanding that they wouldn't have gotten or wouldn't have known or wouldn't have had the opportunity to be exposed to otherwise? First and foremost, I want to thank Cine Maiz for being able to play this for the Bay Area at the SF Latino Film Festival. It's like as an independent filmmaker, there aren't a lot of places to be able to show our work. And so that's so important, as you said. And one thing you will definitely walk away with is some new names and you'll want to follow these kids' career. Like in all three of these videos, they're so talented that you're going to be attached to seeing their success in the future. And so I'm excited for you to learn about these kids and their lives and also their mentors who are just incredible. So we're talking about Tengo Talento. It's part of the Cinemas Festival. It's very exciting. So where can folks see these films and how do people stay up on your work? Because I know you're constantly creating and constantly producing. I'm really excited to be showing my film at the Red Poppy Art House. That's at September 24th. That's coming up around the corner at 7.30 p.m. So you can go check out some of my films there. And then we're doing it for free right here in the East Bay at Eastside Arts Alliance. And that is on the 26th at 7 p.m. And so come on out. Don't just get to see my work, but you get to see independent filmmakers from around the world, Latinos, doing great stuff with film. Fortunately for us, Tengo Talento is something that we're going to be able to stay on and keep getting some insight into some wonderful artists that are coming up and starting out. So how can people really continue to follow your work? So it looks like I'm going to be heading back to the island soon, which I'm really excited about to continue telling these stories. And if you want to hear more and what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at FistUpTV, F-I-S-T-U-P-T-V. Please follow the journey. I just came back from Tanzania visiting Khalil Jacobs Fantasi, which many of you are familiar with. He's living out there. We were at the Zanzibar International Film Festival. So a lot of the photos and videos from that journey are already out. And that's, you know, one of my missions in life is to be able to share with you what the world has to offer, what I've been blessed to be able to encounter and bring that back to you. So it's a great position to be in. That's the voice of Eli Jacobs-Fantausi, and we are very lucky to have him in the studio. And we're going to leave folks with another taste of some of this incredible music and art. What are we going to leave people with? This is Rumba, since you love Rumba. This is Jenniset and Yoruba Andawo. Enjoy. <laughs> Ponte pa' lo tuyo, que hasta tú tienes problema, mi coro. Te la pasa pendiente a la gente, cuidado si te quema. Ponte pa' lo tuyo, que hasta tú tienes problema. Caramba, tú te la pasa pendiente a la gente, cuidado si te quema. Ponte pa' lo tuyo, que hasta tú tienes problema, mi coro. Te la pasa pendiente a la gente,
gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me dio dos luceros que cuando los abro perfecto distingo lo negro del blanco y en el alto cielo su fondo estrellado y en las multitudes el hombre que yo amo Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me ha dado el oído que en todo su ancho graba noche y días grillos y canarios martillos, turbinas, ladridos chubascos la voz tan tierna de mi bien amado Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto Me ha dado el sonido y el abecedario Con él las palabras que pienso y declaro Madre, amigo, hermano y luz alumbrando la ruta del alma del que estoy amando. Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto, me ha dado la marcha de mis pies cansados, con ellos anduve, ciudades y charcos, playas y desiertos, montañas y llanos. Y la casa tuya, tu calle y tu patio. Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto me dio el corazón que agita su marco cuando miro el fruto del cerebro humano cuando miro el bueno tan lejos del malo cuando miro el fondo de tus ojos claros Gracias a la vida que me ha dado tanto Me ha dado la risa y me ha dado el llanto Así yo distingo dicha de quebranto los dos materiales que forman mi canto y el canto de ustedes que es el mismo canto y el canto de todos que es mi propio canto gracias a la vida
That was the song Gracias a la Vida by Mercedes Sosa. You're listening to Las Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. We are continuing our series highlighting some incredible filmmakers that we are lucky to have here in the Bay, but really are respected and loved internationally. We are very lucky to have in the house with us Ivan Iturriaga, who is a filmmaker whose work is going to be showcased. One of his shorts is going to be showcased in the same series that Eli Jacobs Fantausi, who we just spoke with, is also part of, which is shorts as part of the Cinemas Film Festival. Ivan, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. So, Ivan, I got to see your short film Beep, and mm. I saw it with a friend, and we both dreamt about it. So um, that just gives you a little insight into not only how well done it was, but how deep and how haunting and how powerful it truly is. And you've been traveling the country with this film. So for people who haven't had a chance to see it, tell them about your film Beep. Well, it is a kind of odd film because the main difference is it doesn't have dialogue, so it's told primarily through sound, sound design. And it's the story of a character that we all know very well. He's stuck in a routine, a daily routine, uh, where he wakes up to his alarm clock and then just life proceeds in a very monotonous way where he microwaves his coffee with a beep, 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 beep. He goes into his car, beep, beep, beep. He goes into traffic and he works at a grocery store. And so you hear this monotonous, continuous beeping of his life as his life ends up actually beeping away in a way. And he has the opportunity to break this routine and life gives us all options to kind of change things and become a more significant part of society. And we all have that choice and this film shows this character having that choice to break this routine of excess and um, you have to watch it to find out what happens. And we really do recommend folks do watch these series. So the film Beep, which is, as I said, it's really powerful and it's something that it's going to stick with you. So that's the one warning I will give folks. Be prepared. It's, it's not going to leave you quickly. It's going to stay with you. And so people can see this film along with some really incredible other short films that in a short amount of time tell some very big stories. They can see Beep. They can see The Eyes That Do Not See, Los Ojos Que No Ven. They can see Frontera, Revolt, and Rebellion on the Rio Grande, which was produced by John Leaños. And we'll also get to see some of the series from Tengo Talento, produced by Eli, who we just spoke to just a moment ago. So, Ivan, this is going to be a great opportunity for people to see your work. Can you give folks a rundown? Where can they see it? Where can they catch it? Because they have to take advantage of this opportunity. It's not something that's going to be shown on Netflix tomorrow. So how can they get a chance to see it live with a group where they can actually talk to each other and process this really powerful piece? Yeah, well, I'm really happy that it's finally showing in the Bay. I've been going to the East Coast, and it's showed in a bunch of different cities. But it's going to be showing on Saturday the 20th at 5.05 p.m., at the Opera Plaza in San Francisco. And it's part of this, you know, this great festival with a lot of local talent. And it's also going to be showing on September 24th at 7.30 at the Red Poppy Art House, which is a cool, really cool little art kind of gallery space, very intimate. And I believe it's going to show again here in Oakland at the Eastside Cultural Center over there in East Oakland, September 26th at 7 p.m. And that is free. So it's going to be shown with some other shorts that are telling stories that you wouldn't hear otherwise in different ways. So your film really fits in that category. 
For you as a filmmaker, you chose a narrative style. Why was it important to tell this story, not through a bunch of interviews and documentary? This is a, it's a very um, universal story that many people will identify with regardless of their background. Um, how'd you decide on your, your storytelling techniques? I don't know, it's interesting. For me, I've worked in documentaries a lot for the past five years. But I actually feel like narrative film or fiction has more of a opportunity to affect people and really affect them emotionally and actually see themselves in characters or in situations. So for me, I actually prefer that medium. And I think this story allows you to see yourself, see society and the story in front of you without preaching to you or without telling you facts. It's just really about making you relate to what you're seeing. And um, I have heard a lot that people see this film and they do like you end up seeing beeps everywhere and really noticing how much it's part of our life and how much these sounds are actually trying to almost regulate us and control our behavior. <laughs> Especially alarm clocks, uh, it's pretty intense. Alarm clocks, crosswalks, I mean, I, I really, that was one of the main ones when they really installed these new loud ones in, in downtown Oakland by Chinatown. And you really hear it so loud and even when you press the button again, it goes, wait. So now it's telling you to wait. Like, I can't really make the decision by myself. So I think it's, uh, it's a little too much. It's, it's a lot of direction. We're being directed from a lot of different angles. Definitely. And so, Ivan, you know, I've seen it. You know, I was moved by it. I'm still thinking about it. What inspired you to make the film Beep? Well, it's actually, I was working in a fantasy building in Berkeley, and there was this poster outside the bathroom that read, part of all art is to make silence speak. And I kept seeing that every day for about a year. And so that really made me think about the power of silence and sound in storytelling. And so I decided I wanted to challenge myself and make a silent film. After thinking about that a lot, I really thought that was a little too far. So I realized just kind of walking around the city and paying attention to my surroundings that beeps are a huge part of our life, the actual electronic beeps and that that could be a very interesting character. So that became my kind of challenge, to tell a story about this character and apply that to our reality. And that was my, my framework to tell the story. Ivan, so tell us, this project actually is shot in Oakland. People mm -hmm. are gonna, in Berkeley as well. Mm -hmm. I see, you see the Bay and that's mm -hmm. also really exciting fun. Tell folks about the setting and you know another character, which is the city. This was done with very little money. It's definitely a work of love. And uh, I had a lot of help from friends, colleagues. I really got to thank the Berkeley Bowl for letting me film there. And um, you see, you know, this is an urban story for sure. And it's also a commentary on that, on how much big city and big city life ends up taking us away from our true nature in a way and from nature in a very obvious way. So it's that kind of struggle that I think our whole world is dealing with that's balancing well, excess capitalism with trying to create sustainable our sustainable existence. And so these films are gonna be shown at shown on September 20th at the Opera Plaza. They're gonna be shown at the Red Poppy. That's gonna be the 24th at 7.30. Folks can see Beep along with some other really incredible shorts. They're also going to be shown at the Eastside Cultural Center and that's a, gonna be a free showing. So that's really exciting, giving folks opportunity to see this and build and speak with their friends and neighbors and build community that way. So Ivan, how's it been received? You've been screening it and you've been talking to people. What, what are some of the conversations that are happening afterwards and your family is, is in the film <laughs> and you know, there's it's like you said, it was a lot of people who love you that were a part of the process so what have been some of the reactions? Well, definitely my dad is the biggest hit in the film. Going to film festivals with him is, it's really fun for me. He's had a lot of fun. Me and my dad look a lot alike. 
um, and I don't want to give it away, but that <laughs> that plays a big part in the film, and so that's that's always a really fun reaction from people when they see him and me. Otherwise, I really think this is a film that's almost like an acquired taste. I feel like some people are just not going to love it, and some people really, really love it. So I think you're love it or hate it kind of film. I'm almost in between that too. But uh, I wanted to push buttons. So if you're going to want to go and just be comfortable and be entertained, this is not the film for you. And that's kind of the films I want to make. So I'm happy that I've pushed buttons. I've definitely seen people react and feel it and... Uh, this girl in Chicago at the screening was like, you know, I really, it made me question how how I lead my life and I need to really start doing some things different. So that's really good when you hear things like that. That's the voice of Ivan Iturriaga and he's talking to us about his film Beep and people are going to get a chance to see it here in the Bay finally because it was only fair since the whole world is getting to see this film. The Bay Area where this was made and where Ivan was also made should get a chance to see it as well. So, Ivan, thank you so much for sharing some of your insight behind the scenes in this film. How do folks stay up on your work since you are constantly producing and telling stories? Iskra Cine is the name of my company, Iskra. Uh, IskraCine.com should be up soon. I'm also working on a documentary that should be on PBS, I think, in April of next year, called A Photographer's Journey. So please uh, look out for that story of a Mexican photographer who did amazing work but is very under-recognized. So people can take opportunity and join in. Will you be at any of these screenings? I'll definitely be on Sunday in San Francisco and uh, at the Eastside Cultural Center for sure. So they can actually meet the filmmaker and have some of their questions answered in Throw person. Throw tomatoes and all that been really fortunate to have Ivan in the studio with us talking to us about his short film Beep and I know that you don't like to promote yourself but received very well so yeah, we really hope that folks take this opportunity to see it on the big screen with to, with some friends and neighbors to be able to have some conversation. Muchísimas gracias Ivan. Gracias a ti Julieta.
cabezazo es el chapo Tus hijos ya son sicarios Muérdete en la lengua que hay 30 muertos en Veracruz Es todo un placer y orgullo Saber que el turno es tuyo Que quizás mañana ya no llegues vivo a tu casa México Sonoro rugir del cañón Y se siembre con tus manos la hierba Al sonoro rugir del cañón Y se siembre con tus manos la hierba Al sonoro rugir del cañón the song Mexico by the Mexican group Mexican Institute of Sound. Welcome to La Raza Chronicles. I'm your host, Vanessa Bohm, and the Cinema San Francisco Latino Film Festival will be kicking off this year's festival with an exciting musical performance this Friday, September 19th at the Brick and Mortar Music Hall in San Francisco. The musical lineup includes local groups from the Bay, including Las Bomberas de la Bahía, and DJ Cool Kyle will be entertaining the crowd with his musical selections to get folks dancing. But headlining the show will be the L.A.-based band Boyepongo, a band that brings to their music an eclectic mix of musical influences from South and Central America. Well, to tell us more about the band's music and what our listeners can expect at Friday night's performance is Edgar Modesto, a member of Boyepongo. Welcome, Edgar, to La Raza Chronicles. Boy, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. Well, listeners are in for a great night of music and dancing at this event to kick off this year's Cinemas Festival. Your group, Boyepongo, will be headlining and bringing the audience a mix of musical genres to the stage. You all mix some more well-known styles to our listeners like cumbia and merengue, but some other styles that might be less known like punta and tambor. Tell us who's in the band and a little bit about the musical influences that make your music so unique. Okay, yeah, so uh, Buyapongo pretty much is a six-piece band, and the cool thing about Buyapongo is that most of the band were multi-instrumentalists, so we jump on the instruments. So we have my brother Randy, he plays the bass. Uh, I got Angel Hernandez, plays saxophone, clarinet, and bamboo flute. Jorge Vallejo, also known as Yuca, he plays accordion, clarinet, and guitar. We got Chris Castro that plays uh, the keyboard uh, Juno and also plays percussion. Then we have Larry Elencho Harvey, which plays all percussive instruments. 
and then like myself that I play a combination that I like to call conguida, which is a fusion of a conga and a huida. So I put it together and I actually attached it to the conga, so I play it at the same time. And I also do the vocals, so it's a nice fusion of music. And, um, you know, we got inspired by a lot of the early music that came to us. A lot of us were into a lot of the hip-hop, like Wu-Tang, the whole early 90s hip-hop movement. And then uh, some of the other members were also into a lot of the classic old rock and a lot of old punk music. And so originally when we started our first band, some of us, which like George, myself, and my brother, we had a punk band about 15 years ago. And you can say that's how we started exploring music. But um, I can say for Buya Pongo, a big influence for us is definitely jazz, hip-hop, and Musica Tropical, which is what was really relevant to us growing up as Latinos here in the U.S. You know, we had all the parties that were filled with La Sola Dinamita and uh, all the great Latino acts that got the party going. So through our travels and through our, our searches and of music, we fell in love with it and we dug deeper, which we found great artists like Andres Landero, Alejo Duran, Juan Chopolo Valencia, which are some of the great cumbia and vallenato uh, artists from Colombia from the 60s. And we also fell in love with artists like Tela Cuti, uh, Mulato Ataque, Sunrod, John Coltrane, all in intermix. So we came up with this wild concept of Buyapongo, which you'll get to check out this Friday. Hopefully everyone comes out. And where does Punta and Tambor come from? Well, Punta is something that we came back into maybe about five years ago. A lot of us were really into more upbeat music, and we took a backpack trip down to Central America, down to Belize and uh, Honduras, and we got to experience the whole beautiful Caribbean music, uh, the Garifuna people, which is a beautiful people, a mixture of uh, African and with influence of the, the area of the Arawak natives. So through times, and obviously like uh, other music from the African diaspora, came Punta. And Punta is really popular with uh, Central Americans. It usually just stays in that area. I think this is something that we bring it out and mix it in with some of the stuff we're doing. We'll, we'll be able to share this with audiences that will find normally not be exposed to Punta music. And once once they hear Punta and the core progressions of the music, it's very addicting. It, it takes over very quick and very enjoyable music. Well, let's take a listen to one of Buyapongo's songs to get folks excited about Friday's show at the Brick and Mortar uh, Hall in San Francisco. This song is called Maestro by Buyapongo. And I want to mention that Maestro is in the middle of being pressed right now. I'm going to be dropping that out on 45 for all you vinyl enthusiasts, everyone that likes collecting the vinyl. We're dropping it off of Soul Fiesta Records. And we got the privilege to work with some great producer, and we dropped that one with a B-side tribute to Mulatu. So hope you guys enjoy the track. Well, here it is, Maestro by Buyapongo. Yeah. <laughs> 
just heard the song Maestro by Buye Pongo. We're talking with Edgar Modesto, who's with the group. They'll be performing this Friday night at the Brick and Mortar Club, which is an event to kick off the San Francisco Cinemas Festival. Well, you all have an intriguing and unique name. I know I want to Google it when I first heard about <laughs> you guys and find out what it actually means. How did you guys come up with a name and does it mean anything? Yeah, it does. It's actually funny because when we started doing this new project about eight years ago, we couldn't come up with a name that we felt could rightfully represent what we were trying to do. And so one of our, our friends, Josh, which is an original Buyapongo member, kept on messing with the word a palabra buyecioso. A lot of people don't know what that is, but that's where the word buya comes from. So people remember when you were a kid, especially a lot of uh, people that come from uh, Latin American areas, your mom would tell you, ya para esa buya, you know, stop all that ruckus. All that noise. So, Buya, we just kind of flipped it and said Buya because, you know, we're L.A. Chicano mixed cats and we make up our own words. So, we came up with Buya and then Pongo. So, we bring the records or we put the sound, but it has like a nice little, you know, ring to it. And so, it's stuck since then. People love it. And for sure, we say Buya, Buya Show. And, and for our fans, we call them Buya Cero, Buya Ceras. So, it kind of worked out really good for us. Um, and you also have not very typical instruments on stage, as I've heard. What can we expect from the performance? Yeah, well, so we, at the same time, we've been uh, searching more different ways to hunt the beat down. And so we've accompanied a lot of instrumentations from all over the world. Uh, on percussion, we got a palago drum that's native to the West African areas of Ghana and Senegal. And it's a very bassy drum. 
and it's a solid piece of wood that we actually uh, were blessed to to work with a, a great company called Motherland Music. So they sponsored us. We added that in there. We had a Shiko drum from Nigeria, and then we got a Jelly Junjun that's from Mali. And then we also have your typical conga. And then to the conga, like I said, I put a wira, which I like to call wataraka, which is from Colombia. And then we got the accordion from Germany. We got the clarinets from all over Europe, the guitar, the bass. And then we throw all in there to make it a nice jazzy full feel. We got uh, Roland Juno. So it's a nice, eclectic fusion of music and instrumentation from around the world that the people will definitely enjoy and come out and have a good time with this. Well, I know I'm super excited about the show and I'll be there. Again, the information for the show is this Friday, September. September 19th, Buye Pongo will be headlining the Cinemas kickoff event. Joining them will be Las Bomberas de la Bahia and DJ Cool Kyle. So if you're listening to the program, go check it out if you have no plans on Friday. And hopefully if you do, you'll change them and go out to the show anyways, because it's going to be an <laughs> exciting show. Thank you so much, Edgar, for joining us this evening and telling us about the show. And let's go out with one of your songs. What is the name of this song? Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, we're going to go out with Verano. You know, it's right now it's the ending of summer and summer's definitely our favorite season of the year you know it's the hot time and, and you know people are having a good time near the water so we like to embrace that culture and so this is a song called verano written by our friend roberto navarro and it's an interpretation and you're going to be able to hear the fusion of the sounds that we're talking about and um hope you enjoy it. and if you guys like you can actually download this track on our huyepongo.bandcamp.com. And once again, thank you for having us. We'll hope to see listeners again Friday, September 19th at the Brick and Mortar Club in San Francisco. Este ritmo está ardiente El verano está caliente Esa nena está ardiente You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm Julieta Cusnid, and we are very lucky to have in studio with us Gerardo Marin. He is co-director of Rooted in Community, which is doing some important work across the nation. And he's here to talk to us about an important event that's around the corner. Thank you so much for being here. Gracias a ti, Julieta. It's an honor to be here at KPFA with you all. I'm honored to be representing our Chicano Men's Ritual Group, Xochipilli. And with our elder here with us, Tata Rafael, as one of our elder leaders here. We are hosting one of the sections at the annual Art in Nature Festival up in Oakland at the Redwood Regional Park at the Stream Trail. It's a really wonderful event where we basically create altars and interactive spaces to, to build art, installations, performances, a lot of families' activities. And this year's theme is the papalot, which is the Nahuatl word for the butterfly, to raise awareness around the fact that we are migrating peoples of our sacred mother earth and to shine light on the injustices around immigration policy, thus encouraging us to promote and advocate for justice in our immigrant rights work. At the same time in New York City is the Climate Justice Rally. So we're going to be doing some different actions, rituals, and ceremony in solidarity with the work to raise awareness around balance, respect, and dignity for all beings on our sacred mother earth. So as you mentioned, it is really important for men, Chicano men, men of color, all men really, to reclaim the relationship with nature, make art, make music, make beauty, feel good, and allow ourselves just to kind of integrate, root down, clear the mind, clear the stress, 
and just feel really good together out in nature. So this September 21st, this upcoming Sunday from 11 to 5 p.m., it's a free event. And again, it's at the Stream Trail of Redwood Regional Park. And there's going to be free shuttles from the bus depot and parking lot at Merritt College. The address is 12,500 Campus Drive in Oakland, 94619. We look forward to seeing folks there. We're going to be making butterfly art, liberation art, migration art, unity art. Thank you. That's the voice of Gerardo Marin. Gerardo, if people can't make it on Sunday, but they really just they're feeling the need to connect to this kind of positive work and or maybe they have friends and family that would really benefit from this kind of space. How can they connect to the work that you all are doing? Thank you. You can hit us up at our National Youth Leadership and Empowerment Food Justice Network's email at info at rootedincommunity.org or you can call me personally, 510-459-3951 so we can build the strength, build our movements. Muchísimas gracias. And again, where do people go to find out more information about that great event? You can go to Samavesha's website, S-A-M-A-V-E-S-H-A dot O-R-G. They're here, an amazing volunteer, festival organizing crew, good friends with Maestro Rafael that have brought us in, incredible musicians, performers. I encourage everyone to come out for the whole day. It's going to be amazing. Thank you. You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you want to hear tonight's program again or any of our past programs, you can go to soundcloud.com slash Chronicles. Remember to also like us on Facebook, where you can check out updates and postings on news, arts, and culture from across the Americas. Stay tuned next week for more Noticia, Arte y Cultura con un sabor latino. Hasta la próxima y buenas noches.